fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile What is going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street. RotoStreetJournal.com, we read and feed you fantasy wolves here for the best time of the year. No, not the holiday season. It's lovely, sure. But what really matters right now is the fantasy football playoffs, baby. I, of course, am the Wolf of Roto Street at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter. RotoStreetJournal.com is where all our content is found, my rankings, all that good stuff, some waiver wire content pumping out this week for you. But as always, it is time to get you ready to optimize for those playoffs, for your stretch runs. Nothing matters. A lot of you guys have been writing in. Thank you, Wolf. So pumped to make it. I tune into the shows. You answer the questions. Great. Love to hear it. It's so awesome to get there. But nothing matters if we don't bring home those titles, Wolfpack. So let's get those rosters optimized. Let's get everything perfect for your stretch runs starting right now. If you don't mind hitting that thumbs up button real quick, whether you're live with us here, whether you're catching that replay, it genuinely helps us out so much to get out to more people, get those questions on in. I'll rip through about 20 to 30 minutes of just pickups of some defensive streamers coming up this week of a few handcuffs, just to remind you guys who you need as your insurance policies. And then it's on to all of your questions that you have to make sure you are perfect and ready for your fantasy playoffs. Let's dive in, Wolfpack, with a few first checks. Granted, they're probably out there, you know, not out there in your leagues, but just to make sure you got a first go check on Zonovan Knight. I would empty the wallet. I would use my number one fat, you know, everything. Make sure you get Zonovan Knight. If he is somehow still lingered out there, his third straight week with 17 or more touches, 71 yards and a score in addition to two catches for six yards on Sunday. He has been the workhorse back, but what was even more significant for this week Michael Carter was back, and we still saw Zonovan Knight get absolutely ridden. Now, granted, it was about a 50-50 split. In fact, Michael Carter played two more total snaps than Zonovan Knight, but he only saw five carries. They both ran similar routes, five targets for Carter, two for Zonovan Knight. So ultimately, it remained the workhorse show, just as we were hoping for, just as we had suspected last week when we recommended him as your number one pickup of the week. Ty Johnson became a complete and utter afterthought. Mike Carter relegated back to that more natural third down role, and Zunovan remained that bell cast. So if he's somehow still out there, he's got Detroit this week with 11, 14.3, and 14.7 points across his last three games. He has been a monster. He'll continue to be a monster against a bad Detroit defense. So go get this guy. Now, if he's gone, again, double-check for DPJ coming off a lackluster week two weeks ago. Maybe he got dropped. Maybe people worried about Deshaun Watson, who looked much more natural this last week coming into his own, it seems. Excited to see what he does down your stretch runs. But DPJ, 12 targets, 8 catches, 114 yards, the absolute engine to the passing game this past week. We got Cooper still banged up. He re-aggravated that hip at the end of the game. So who knows if he'll be on a snap count? Who knows if he'll even be out there? All we do know is that DPJ can effectively operate as their number one guy. The schedule softens up for those last three weeks. So if he's somehow sitting out there in your leagues, go get Donovan Peoples-Jones. He could be a stretch run monster. And last but not least is Evan Ingram coming off a monster day. One of the highest scoring days, top three performance on the season, four tight ends, 15 targets, 11 catches, 162 yards and two touchdowns. Absolute insane day against the Titans. For Evan Ingram, the Jag schedule remains pretty pretty soft, just average. A couple tough matchups down the stretch here, but nice spot here. Coming up this week, he is still somehow out there. He's been a borderline tight end one all year. When he scores, he's a top seven guy. When he doesn't, he typically falls out. That's what tight end has been. But it seems to me like he has become a much more reliable part of this offense. 405 routes on the season, our third most among tight ends. And this performance now loops him up into top six in targets, receptions, and receiving yards on this week. So go check out for Evan Ingram if he's somehow still out there. All righty, Wolfpack, let's move in to the guys that are 50% or fewer rostered that can hopefully help you win that title. I'm trying to focus on, before we get into some of these specific names, if you're in the playoffs, you probably don't need like Chuba Hubbard, 
in a timeshare backfield. I'll mention him later, but I wanted to focus on the 10 guys that I could genuinely see actually starting on playoff rosters here. It's slim pickings in that sense. Cause again, and if you're in the fancy playoffs, you probably don't need a ton of help. That's why we'll make sure to hit those defenses. That's where you can always gain an edge. But there are a few positions out there. There's three receivers in general that I think could genuinely be top 25 guys coming up this next week. There's a couple running backs who I also think could be high-end running back twos, depending on the injury situations around them. And then we've got some cheat code tight ends that I cannot wait to dive into further. So that gives you a whole landscape preview. Let's dive in at the top. My number one pickup of the week is Damian Harris. 50% roster, been cut by a ton of people out there. Given that Ramondre had taken over this backfield, even when Harris was healthy, it had become like a 65-35 split. But Ramondre got banged up, ankle injury, knocked him out of the second half of the game. He tried to return, did not end up uh, going so well. And he was quickly ruled out after that little plunge. And now... The situation could be wide open here against the Raiders, a top seven matchup for running backs. Maybe they rest Ramondre down the stretch run where Harris, yes, he was doubtful, but it looked like he was kind of chomping at the bit to get in there. He was you know, walking around the side. Like, it just seemed like this is a guy that was maybe one week away. So, of course, you've got to also check out Pierre Strong in case it isn't Harris. Maybe he's not ready. We do have to monitor the injury reports, but I do think and expect Damian Harris, a guy that last year was a top 12 running back in fantasy thanks to 15 touchdowns. He would be a smash play if he's in, and Ramondre is out again in a good spot against the Raiders. Remember, when he was the lead back to start the year, he had three straight touchdowns, uh, was a top 24 running back, 16.7, 12.6, and 15.4 points through weeks two through four. Looking really solid to start the year. Got banged up. Ramondre came in, took the job. But with Ramondre potentially out this week, he could be a smash top 20 running back play. Very, very rare to find that this time of the year on the waiver wire. But let's say he is out and Ramondre is out. Well, Pierre Strong, 1% rostered. He's my number eight pickup of the week. But I do want to mention him while we're talking about Pat's running backs. Five carries for 70 yards. Looked damn explosive. They actually implemented some zone running schemes for this guy who was the best zone runner, according to PFF's grades, in college. He was looking dazzling out there. Also had two catches for 20 yards. So just seven touches, 90 total yards, and a score over 17 fantasy points. Now, Kevin Harris, he did come in first. Eight carries, 26 yards. And a score played more snaps, 29 snaps compared to 19 for Pierre Strong. But in the second half, Pierre Strong did out snap uh, Kevin Harris, given how much juice he was showing. The coaching staff quickly turned the backfield over to him. So if both guys, Harris, uh, Damian Harris, that is, and Ramondre Stevenson are out, I do expect Pierre, uh, Pierre Strong, almost said Pierre Thomas, what a throwback there. Love that guy uh, for way back in the day. But Pierre Strong maybe doesn't start. But I would expect him to be the featured back. Maybe J.J. Taylor gets activated. It is risky. Your playoffs on the line. If Damian Harris isn't in, are you really going to go to a third, fourth string Patriots running back, given how they rotate backs anyways? It could be a move that makes or breaks you. But this backfield has routinely churned out points, regardless of who's back there. And Pierre Strong genuinely looked very, very solid. As a Pats fan, I was watching every single snap. So big fan of the talent. Could be a highly used guy. So if you miss out on Harris or Harris is ruled out, just worth having Pierre Strong on the roster. A lot of these pickups too, just to kind of like general philosophy or general strategy, even if you're not going to use them, if you have the bench space, you might not want to run into some of these guys. So it's worth at least picking them up to block your opponents. Some of these receivers I'm going to talk about here have some real blow up upside, including DJ Shark would be my number one waiver wire pickup for the wide receiver position after finishing as the wide receiver five last week, thanks to six catches, 94 yards and a touchdown looking damn good. He played nearly all of the snaps ran the same amount of routes as Amon Ross St. Brown, 60 snaps compared to 61 for Amon Ross. So pretty much an every down player here with DJ Chark a week after being 84% was in for nearly 90%. He's clearly cemented his role here. And yeah, maybe Jamison continues to get involved, clear talent, Rookie, why not get him some snaps here down the stretch? But ultimately, I think they could have Chark and St. Brown locked into an every down role and still get Jamison to a 50% or higher snap share. Really like the player. I've always been a Chark fan. Big body, speedster, can get down with the best of them. He has now 
been the wide receiver 23 and wide receiver five the last two weeks. And in that span, he has seen at least 90 plus yards, at least six plus targets, at least five or more receptions. He has touchdowns in two of his last three games. So DJ Chark, a receiver, whether I'm using him or not, I sure don't want to be on the other side of him. Granted, he does get the Jets a tough matchup this week, but Carolina and Chicago the next two weeks after that, really good spots for DJ Chark. Right behind him is Zay Jones, and not really far behind him at all. 51% rostered. Really like these guys. Both these guys, I think, worth 40% or more of your fad. This is real late in the season here. So all three of these top pickups, the, the Patriots running game, Chark, Zay Jones, I think well worth that number one claim. If you have it, you can't sit on it all year. It's time to go, folks. So 40% of your fab or more. Maybe you need to spend it all if you're desperate for a wide receiver. Zay Jones has just been a beast lately. Continues to eat week in and week out. Most recently, 12 targets. His fourth time in the last five games with double-digit targets. Zay Jones looking solid yet again. Outproducing Christian Kirk at this point, who had four catches, 45 yards on uh, 37 yards, actually. Oh, yeah, 45 yards. So, meh day for him. But Zay Jones himself going quite nuts with those eight catches, uh, going over 100 yards yet again. Um, so it's just a nice, solid, reliable play at this point. Big fan of Zay Jones, if you haven't already. He's somehow out there in your league. Go and get him for sure. But the one guy that is likely to be out in your league. So those guys, well, if they've been rostered in my league forever, Elijah Moore. 27% rostered, good chance he was dropped in your league and now gets Detroit with Corey Davis concussed. This could be the path to the breakout we needed. We just saw 10 targets for the guy, six catches and 60 yards with those 10 targets. Not bad. 73 snaps for Garrett Wilson compared to 61 for Elijah Moore. We did see Denzel Mims step up for 51 snaps as well, but Moore was the clear number two, uh, led the team in targets even more so than Garrett Wilson at this point. And we know the talent led the team in receiving last year, had a stretch when he was the number one receiver in fantasy for a four-week stretch with Flacco and Mike White under center. So as long as Zach Wilson isn't there, and it does sound like Mike White is ready to go, we'll talk about him a little bit later for those of you that lost Kyler Murray or need a quarterback, uh, Mike White, the guy. The fact that he's in there is so crucial, though, for this passing game because Zach Wilson, nobody would be even trustable, not even Garrett Wilson, but with Elijah Moore is a clear number two against Detroit with Mike White back there and a shootout style game. I think he could absolutely be a top 25 wide receiver. I do prefer Chark for Zay Jones. who's just been getting it done at a more solid clip this year. But if you miss out on them, I do think that Elijah Moore is a great next man up. Now, I will hit the tight end position, but we got a super chat, which is so appreciated. Thank you so much. Steven Drake's routinely supporting your boys here uh, and making it's just awesome. So any of you that want to jump the line and get your question answered right away, maybe you got to get in, maybe you got to get out, whatever it is. Thank you so much, Steven Drake's. I greatly appreciate your support of the show. How concerned are you with Stevenson? Should I pick up strong or grab Hubbard? To me, if it's one or the other, I'd probably lean strong just because it gives you that direct parallel to the backfield. The only risk there is if Damian Harris ends up being back and taking back over that role. Um, but Chuba Hubbard, like we'll talk about him later. He's an honorable mention for me. I'd rather have Strong. Even if Harris is back, I imagine Strong will be that third down guy, given how explosive he looked as a pass catcher and as a runner too. I just think there's a lot more juice. And if I had to go to one of them, and the, the, the playoffs here, like the matchup against the Raiders. So if Stevenson's out, that gives you the next best thing. Again, Harris would be the next true bet, next best thing. But if he's already gone, check out Pierre Strong. I would go him over Chuba Hubbard. We'll talk about why I don't like Hubbard a little bit later, but still playing well behind Dante Foreman, even though he looked good. 17 fantasy points this week. No joke for Hubbard. So if you miss on Strong, like Hubbard is the next best thing at running back. And the rest of the time, we're not going to talk about any running backs because uh, it's pretty weak. So Hubbard would be the next best thing up other than the Patriots running backs. So you got your radar right here, but I would definitely lean strong. Um, I certainly go Damian Harris if he's out there. Um, but if Harris and Stevenson were out, strong would probably be like a 20 point cheat code would absolutely love him this coming week. I just think there's a better ceiling uh, here. And it gives you that, again, that direct handcuff to your guy. Thank you so much again, Stephen Drake's for your support of the show. It means a lot. You consistently do it and it is not unnoticed, my man. So now we're going to talk about a few tight end cheat codes. Again, we're talking about ways to gain edges in the fantasy playoffs or at least players you want to block your opponents getting. Talk about a potential cheat code. Jeff Driscoll, 0% rostered. He's out there in your leagues. 
Why is he worth talking about this crap ass quarterback? Because he's also tight end eligible for whatever reason, at least on Yahoo. You got to obviously check your league. If he's not tight end eligible, don't even bother considering the guy. But they're expected, according to Aaron Wilson, Texans beat reporter, to keep using both Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. They split snaps pretty close down the middle this past week with Driscoll coming in on those short yardage situations mostly, which gives him a lot of touchdowns. So this obviously ruins Mills in any sense of the word, uh, who threw 21 pass attempts, compared to just six for Driscoll, but Driscoll ran that ball seven times, a little bit of Konami upside, but most importantly, that you can play at your tight end position. And what if they just decide, we're done with the Davis-Mills experiment, let's see what Jeff Driscoll's got, and he just plays and throws the ball 25 times, runs it 15 times, and you got a Konami quarterback at your tight end spot? Whew. Even on this shitty-ass Texans, that would be well worth a probably top three tight end advance. Given how bad the position is, like you'd have Kelsey, even Andrews right now is pretty damn sketchy. So give me a quarterback that's running all over the place as a potential starting tight end. So you don't need a running back. You don't need a receiver. And you just need a tight end, which almost every single one of us does. I feel like Jeff Driscoll is the absolute man for you on the waiver wire this week. Go check it out. Uh, I could see him just being a title winner if he eventually takes this role over. And in addition, Taysom Hill, reminder about his cheat code eligibility. Tight end, of course, 44% roster got dropped because of a lot of bye weeks. He's another guy that Saints lost season. What if they want to just turn the reins over to him, make him a quarterback? We saw this happen last year where people were so pissed that Taysom Hill was a quarterback racking up 20 points at your tight end spot. It could be that cheat code again. And even if it's not, even if it is just the Taysom Hill role we've seen all year, that's been good for five uh, top 10 weeks, five of 12 times, three top three finishes on the season with two number one tight end overall finishes as early as most recently last time he was out there in week 13 against Tampa Bay, put up 12 fancy points that made him the tight end one for the week. That's how, again, how abysmal this position has been, but don't forget 34 points against Seattle in week five with 112 rushing yards four total touchdowns for Taysom Hill that week. If you're just tossing a dart at tight end, what better than Taysom Hill at this point? So again, maybe he gets converted to a quarterback for these final few weeks. And even if not a lot of upside to him, but if it's one or the other, I honestly think I prefer Driscoll because I think there's a better shot. He ends up taking over a full-time quarterback role, even in the lesser offense here. I, I Both of these guys, either way, tight end cheat codes that are likely out there, at least Dr- Driscoll, in your leagues. And if you just want your more traditional tight ends, you miss out on those other two guys. Chigozim Okonku. I'm not sure if I butchered it again. I should probably know because we've talked about him many times now on this show. 14% rostered. His first extensive action, six targets, six catches, 45 yards, and the score. He comes through. My Hail Mary of the week at tight end last week, he came through big time for us. Now, granted, he still only played 33 of the 67 snaps, but that 50% snap share was by far his highest more encouragingly, was out there in three receiver sets, the main pass-catching option. He can maintain that insane efficiency with 2.58 yards per route run on the season, number one among all tight ends. Optional got a carry, so they're using him in these creative ways. He's got 30-plus yards in six straight, so there's a little bit of a floor here, making big play after big play each and every week. So another tight end worth checking out. If you miss on Driscoll, again, the quarterback tight end cheat code style player. Taysom Hill also out there in a bunch of leagues. But Shigazim Okonku as a traditional tight end. Looks great. Well worth, I'd say, a quarter of your fab or so if you're needy at the position. Now, before we move forward with our waiver wire pickups, I did just want to hype up for those of you local. If you're Massachusetts or willing to take a nice drive, we will be live this coming Saturday, the 17th at 11 a.m., at Old Planners Brewing in Beverly. It would be so cool to meet some of you guys, especially those that I've never met before. We're going to be watching all the football games with Saturday football kicking off this week. Love to have it as if we needed more football in our lives. 1 p.m. Colts, Vikings, 4.30 Ravens, Browns, 8.15 Dolphins, Bills. we got a great slate of football, folks. We'll be answering all your questions. We will be live. So if you got your sit-start questions, you can't make it. We will be live, of course, Saturday, 11 a.m. But if you can somehow make it in person, it would be so cool. We'll be doing tons of merch giveaways, tons of great games, all that good stuff. And, of course, you get to hang out with your Roto Street boys. It would be so fun to meet you guys. If you're local, you can make it. Show up for you guys. It'd be awesome to meet you. Old Planners Brewing, Saturday, 12, 17, at 11 a.m. All righty. We already mentioned Pierre Strong again. Worth 20 to 25% of your fab. We don't know exactly how this backfield will shake out, but 
if Ramondre and Harris are both out, you got yourself a top 15 running back for this coming week. So go check him out. And we'll pack about 20 of you here. We'd love to get that number to 30, 40. That share, the thumbs up button. It does so greatly help us out. If you're enjoying the content, please do consider hitting that thumbs up button and helping us get out to more people as we go. Now, those of you that maybe lost my, uh, a Kyler Murray this week, uh, Tyler Huntley, who knows if he'll be back in and you're filling in for Lamar Jackson. Mike White is far and away the first option I'd go to. We've talked about him a few weeks on the show, and he did have his worst week since starting with 268 scoreless yards, just 11 fantasy points, quarterback 22, pretty ugly. But don't forget, just before that week, 369 yards, 315 yards the week before that, quarterback six and quarterback seven across those two first starts that he made this week. And that was a really tough matchup against the Bills. Now he's got Detroit, the most points allowed to the quarterback position. Then Jacksonville, the eighth most points allowed to quarterbacks. And then middle of the pack, Seattle, 16th most points for your fantasy playoff stretch run. If you're desperate for a quarterback, we've got the schedule. We've got an offense that even with this last Met game, 44 pass attempts, that's a pretty healthy amount. They are still averaging the Jets in games without Zach Wilson. I constantly cite this stat. The most pass attempts in the league and the most passing yards in the league, more than the Chiefs, more than your Bucks, more than whatever explosive. The, the Chargers, any attack you want to name, the Jets move at a different pace. They love to chuck it in games that they don't have Zach Wilson. They clearly don't trust the guy, and I love their play caller over there. Uh, so big fan of Mike White. Tough guy. Said he's already ready to roll for week 15 despite those brutal hits he'd been taking. Definitely the first quarterback I go to. Now, if you miss out on some of those earlier wide receivers, maybe they're already gone in your league. Again, Elijah Moore, Zay Jones, DJ Chark. Let's talk about Chris Moore. 2% rostered. He was my Hail Mary of the week. I, I kind of crushed the Hail Marys of the week last week. Chris Moore did come through way bigger than I ever expected because I cited this guy, when he gets extensive opportunity, almost always seems to show up. There's no real – like exciting measurables here just a guy that reliably handed i mean you saw some crazy one-handed plays a, a baller in every sense of the word stuck on a horrendous team but a team that is desperate for playmakers i don't think we see brandon cooks the rest of the year i think he's going to be sitting out nico collins still banged up so chris moore what did he do as the number one receiver 11 targets i mean nearly 50 percent of the share 10 catches on those 11 targets like i mentioned some one-handed crazy degree of difficulty grabs contested catches uh, getting nice space as well. Good after the catch, racking up 124 yards on those 10 catches, 36 yard catch on the sideline in quarter one, and just big play after big play, 31 yarder. Uh, you know, all he barely missed a touchdown on the goal line too. I mean, he was so close to a 25 fantasy point day. Uh, you'd still take the 22 PPR points, almost a 30 point day rather in full PPR. I was thinking half PPR settings. This guy gets it done. That's all I'm going to say is I do not think this is a fluke. Time and time again, when he's stepped, been asked to step up, he does. Just eyeball test, passes it with flying colors. So I'm a big fan of Chris Moore, who played all but one snap, ran all the routes but two. 11 targets were by far a team high. Nobody else, Dorsett was the next close, or Amari Rogers with four was the next closest. So you got yourself a potential stud. Now, I believe in him. I think he's more usable. But if you're just looking for upside stashes, a couple honorable mentions uh, rookie receivers. We've talked about this time and time again. It's pretty clear it's going to be Christian Watson. We already know Garrett Wilson too. But maybe one more could emerge here for your stretch run and go crazy. Two guys that did not play this last week, so they could be sitting out there for you. Jahan Dotson, 15% rostered. Last time we saw him, nine targets, five catches, 54 yards, and a score. Yet looking really dangerous after the catch. This is how I kind of envisioned him being used after a Penn State target hog season. I was surprised to not see him um, go nuts uh, you know, as this possession type of guy. He's more of a big play guy to begin his career, more of an outside receiver, where I thought, I thought he was going to be a, that like nice slot filling. Nope. But now they're moving him a bit more around, giving him those more layup style targets. And I just love this player. I've always been a big Dotson guy. So if he's out there in your leagues, consider stashing him. If Alec Pierce at 13% rostered is out there, eight targets led the team last week, uh, two weeks ago, rather. Again, he was on by as well. Four catches and 86 yards. Those yards also led the team. And a touchdown against a tough Cowboys defense. He was the only consistent playmaker. They finally decided to go after him heavily, and he really rewarded their faith, Alec Pearson. With the team all but out of the playoffs, this is when you often see rookies get that extended run, get the looks that they had been lacking all year, they deserved all year and weren't getting. 
I could see Alec Pierce becoming a, an eight to 10 weekly target guy here down the stretch with a pretty soft schedule here. I really like Alec Pierce. And last is Jamison Williams. He's the most rostered of these two guys, probably my least favorite of the three, given, as we mentioned, he was a uh, only 13 snaps, 19%, barely played despite the fact that on his only target so far in the NFL, he caught a 41-yard bomb touchdown. It was wide open. I can't say that it was like his elite speed that got him there, but ultimately, breakdown in coverage, that's what this guy can cause. That's much of a, the game wrecker he is. Still think he's more of a long-term prospect and then the other two have a better shot at being near every down players and seeing a consistent 8 to 10 targets. I don't think that's going to happen for Williams with Chark playing so well, but you never know. Real explosive and an offense that is just slinging and firing on all cylinders. So Jamison Williams could be intriguing as well. The last honorable mention, we kind of alluded to him earlier. The only other running back that's worth bringing up, 33% rostered Chuba Hubbard. Had a nice 17.4 point day. More than Dante Foreman, the clear lead back. Now, Foreman played 34 snaps, saw 21 carries, was definitely the lead guy here. And the reason I'm not higher on Chuba is because Raheem Blackshear also saw 14 snaps. So it became like a a pretty gross three-headed situation. He ran Blackshear the most routes of any of them with Chuba Hubbard, the third with six, and Foreman seven routes as well. Now, Hubbard did lead the way with three targets but I'm not going to sing the praises of three targets. He caught all three of them for 25 yards, though. He also had 14 carries for 74 and a touchdown. This is now 31 carries for Hubbard in Darnold's two starts. They've gotten positive scripts. The defense playing really, really well, and Darnold doing what he needs to to manage the game, keep it close so they can just lean on their two backs. Foreman has outcarried him back-to-back games, but Hubbard is getting enough volume to potentially be meaningful for you. Again, if you're in the playoffs, you probably – Hopefully, don't need a player like Chuba Hubbard, but I wouldn't be shocked at all to see another 12 to 15 carry day. And he's looked the best he's ever looked. Like eyeball test, he's had some really nice chunk gains that he is ripping off. Now, more valuable to most of you. If you're not going to need to start Chuba Hubbard, there's really no reason. I don't know if I'm that scared to face him either. It's not like a need to block Chuba Hubbard type of thing. But it still is cuffing season. Now, if you want a detailed handcuff breakdown, I did top 10 handcuffs last week. It's over on our YouTube channel. The only difference right now would be we lost Dontrell Hilliard. So I'm going to cover my top five, just kind of remind you real quickly of some of my favorite handcuffs here. Number one, his his ownership has not changed here. Alexander Madison still ranking at 34% ownership. Remember, he had 20 fantasy points in three of his four starts last year. This has been insane health for Dalvin Cook. It's never happened. Cook has missed three-plus games in every year of his career. I'm pumped to see it. It's awesome. Dalvin Cook can actually be a bell cow and still remain healthy, but maybe he is going to just have that late-season breakdown and averaging 22.2 points in his starts, his four starts last year. Alexander Madison is not just a top-10 running back in his starts, top-5 running back as a potential Dalvin Cook film. The other only other running back I think can match that upside is Khalil Herbert. 39% roster did not go up at all. But similarly, when he has started, he's been a fringe running back one. Top 12 in three of his five games with 10 or more carries, averaging 17.14 on pace for 1,700 plus rushing yards and 10 touchdowns in games where he's seen 10 or more carries. So if something happens to Montgomery with Green Bay also on deck for week 16, man, that would be a potential smash running back that you could toss right into your flex and get 20 points. That's, again, what wins playoff leagues is when you have that right handcuff down the stretch and he just goes absolutely berserk. So Madison, Khalil Herbert, the two I absolutely feel the strongest about. But let's say you miss on them. My number three guy is Jordan Mason, who's had 50 yards in back-to-back games playing mop-up duty for a 49ers team that is probably going to be a mop-up duty more often than not with Brock Purdy looking really solid. Very impressed by him. He's also a guy, if you're desperate for quarterback, you miss out on Mike White. Purdy's got the weapons to do some damage here. But you got, again, those back-to-back 50-yard days, 11 carries, 56. Most recently against the Bucs, a good run D. He was just knifing right through them. A perfect fit, Jordan Mason, for this zone scheme of uh, Kyle Shanahan here. Now, we know McCaffrey obviously had his concerns. Similar to Dalvin Cook, shockingly has remained completely healthy all year. But if you're a C-Mac owner, you definitely want to have Jordan Mason. He will not beat Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's going to be like an absolute league-winning champion down the stretch here, assuming he stays healthy. But if something ever happened to him, Jordan Mason would be like a high-end running back too as the clear lead guy. TDP, not even active this last week. 
Another run back didn't even touch the ball. Kyle Juszczyk saw a couple targets, but he would be, it looks like, Jordan Mason, the clear-cut number two one behind McCaffrey, as is Josh Kelly behind Austin Eckler. Played 32 snaps compared to 47 for Eckler. So, I mean, like, we're looking at a 60-40 split right now. Isaiah Spiller, the only other running back to touch the field. He had two snaps, didn't touch the ball, didn't see a target, was not involved in the least, whereas we saw Josh Kelly run 19 routes, see two targets, and four carries. Not a great workload, but it's clear he is the number two guy. And don't forget Justin Jackson in his lone start last year, fantasy playoffs, he had 72% of snaps, 19 touches, eight catches, nine targets, 162 total yards, two touchdowns, over 34 fantasy points, was the running back one in week 16. So if something happens to Eckler, again, one of those guys that could just walk into 25 fantasy points down the stretch. And the only other running back situation that we wanted to mention was your Tennessee Titans. Uh, so I just wanted to toss up. It was Hilliard. I've had him as my number three uh, guy to pick up last week as a handcuff. He got hurt. He's already been ruled out this week. I don't think we see him the rest of the year. I like Hilliard too. It's too bad. But the reason I liked Hilliard so much was if something happened to Henry, he gets the Chargers this week. Henry's going to go berserk against that defense. But let's say something happens this week. He gets Houston, an even worse run D, the worst run D in the league by a mile coming up next week. So, who could it be? <laughs> Justin Chestnut, potentially? <laughs> Is it Julius Chestnut? I don't even know the guy's name. It's Jay Chestnut. That's all I know. He's 0% rostered. He could be a 15, 20-touch guy against Houston. And I don't care if he's good or not. All you have to do is get volume against that defense to have literally top 15 upside in fantasy. He played seven snaps last week. He's been the next man up behind Hilliard so far. And you get the good luck charm of having a guy with the last name Chestnut during the Christmas season on your team. The hard-hitting analysis that you really need here. But Chestnut just feels like that bench player that you need. Julius, Justin, whoever he is, should be up there. And and then Jalen Warren, also there for your handcuffs as well. I want to just emphasize him. He always looks good every time he touches that rock. So Jalen Warren, another handcuff worth rostering. Wolfpack, that wraps up all our handcuffs, all our players, but I know a lot of you are here to ask about your defenses. So let's really quickly dive into my top 15, or my not top 15, but my top week 15 defensive streamers here for your special teams. Whatever you need, I got it for you. And I've got some guys as well. I'll talk about looking ahead to week 16. For those of you that tuned didn't have a buy and don't need any action this week, there's certainly some defenses you can forgo. My number one pickup, Four defenses because they're both solid this week and definitely in week 16 as well are the Denver Broncos. 44% rostered facing the Chiefs last week, cutting a lot of leagues despite the fact they're seventh in total defense, seventh in passing defense, fourth in scoring defense, and ninth on the year in fantasy points. You don't need me to spell how good this defense has been. Remember, we've all heard the stat. If the Broncos had averaged 18 points a game, they'd be like nine and three, I think, at this point. It's been insane. This defense is so damn good. They just had three interceptions against Pat Mahomes and seven fantasy points against them. They had 12 points against Lamar Jackson in Baltimore the week before. And this week, they get a very, very solid matchup against the Cardinals, who just lost Kyler Murray for the year, turning to Colt McCoy, who's a solid number two quarterback, but definitely holds on the ball for way too long. Six sacks against the Patriots last week, two turnovers, fumble return for a touchdown. The Pats put up, what, 20 defensive points? The Broncos could 100% do something similar to the Colt McCoy Cardinals this week. And then the next week after that, they get the Rams in week 16. The second most points allowed to fantasy defenses on the year. Baker Mayfield, yeah, it was a miraculous comeback last week. Uh, but man, even in that just beautiful display, they still put up just 17 fantasy points. Uh, they, they gave up four sacks in the game. So definitely in play both this week and next week. A great, talented defense. The Denver Broncos, far and away my number one pickup if they're somehow out there. And they likely are. Again, Kansas City last week probably cut in a lot of leagues. So check first for your Broncos as a good two-week friend. So they get the Chiefs in week 17. So you need a new plan if you go to them then. But for the next two weeks, solid, solid defensive streamer. Now, if you miss on them, Minnesota, 41% rostered, gets Indy. Abysmal team, giving up the most points to defenses thanks to uh, – a fourth best uh, 12. So the Minnesota Vikings rather fourth in interceptions, 12th in total, uh, 12 total takeaways, uh, 19 total takeaways, sorry, 
tripping over my words here. 12 interceptions, 19 total takeaways. Both are fourth in the NFL. Solid opportunistic defense, even though they give up a decent amount of points. Colts, far and away the most giveaways with 26 in the league. Top three in terms of sacks surrendered as well. Just the stuff of defensive wet dreams for fantasy. So big fan of the Vikings if you need a defense this week. They also get the Giants in Green Bay in the next two weeks after that. So not incredible matchups, but also not matchups where you have to like go and scramble to find a defense. The Giants in particular seem to be floundering down the stretch here in Green Bay. You know, Aaron Rodgers looks like shit. So at least for this week against Indy, a great spot for Minnesota and then fairly good spots in the next two weeks after them strictly week 15, just this week. So if you have the buy, don't even worry about them, but Green Bay Packers, 36% rostered. They get the Rams who we were just emphasizing second most points allowed two defenses uh, they've given up five top 12 finishes in their last six games. It's been a high floor, high ceiling, uh, and they are best at giving up interceptions because Baker Mayfield, six ints in his last eight games and nearly 3% interception rate for his career, more than Blake Bortles, more than Mitch Trubisky, these guys that we constantly associate with turnovers. So a defense that excels in interceptions, Green Bay, uh, they have eight on the year. Solid overall, uh, eight, not even the year, rather, eight in their last six games. They've been really turning over the, the uh, quarterbacks at a very high rate lately. So Green Bay in a really good spot this week. But they're useless beyond this one week because they got Miami and Minnesota to wrap up your fantasy playoffs. So one week rental, but a very solid one at that for week 15. Cardinals, we just mentioned the Denver defense. Not a bad option on the other side is the Cardinals, given that the Broncos are absolutely abysmal. Sure, they scored 28 points last week. That's their by far high mark on the year, but they still even in giving a score of 28 points gave up 15 fantasy points to the defense. Thanks to six sacks, two interceptions, a defensive touchdown. Whew. Denver offense has produced three top five defenses in their last five weeks. So high ceiling nine of the last 13 weeks on the season have been a top 12 defensive effort uh, for teams facing the Broncos. They are just so pathetic. Russ might be banged up, which I don't even know if that's a bad, like, they might be better with Brett Ripien at this point, but without Kyler Murray, they're not going to need a ton of points. That one reason they put up so many points was because the Chiefs were absolutely smashing them. With no Kyler Murray for Arizona, it's going to be an ugly defensive battle. We got a boomer bust defense that, yeah, sure, the Cardinals have given up a lot of points, but they're very blitz heavy. They get a lot of sacks, a lot of turnovers. Uh, so definitely a defense against a um, bad offensive line could get after the quarterback. My last defense for week 15. Sneaky, sneaky good right now are the Cardinals. Uh, not the Cardinals, the Carolina Panthers. 7% rostered. They've been actually genuinely good, holding three of their last four opponents to 15 or fewer total points before the bye week. And then 24 to Seattle, who's been one of the better offenses in the league last week and recording seven fantasy points in that game. Before that, 11, 9, and 10 fantasy points uh, there. They now get Mitch Trubisky, who doing Mitch Trubisky things, three interceptions and 11 fantasy points allowed to Baltimore last week. So a great week 15 spot. They do get uh, the Panthers, Detroit and Tampa Bay the next two weeks after that. I don't know if Tampa Bay is anything to shy away from, but Detroit's obviously a good offense. So week 16, not looking great for Carolina, but if you need a week 15 plug-in, they're in a very solid spot against likely Mitch Trubisky. And even if not, Pickett obviously has been a turnover machine. Now, if you got your bye week, Again, I still think the Broncos, one of the best defensive pickups you can make right now, given they get the Rams in Week 16. We already have been emphasizing the Titans facing Houston in Week 16. Now, Houston did look a little more competent, finally going away from Kyle Allen. Who knows why he was even there in the first place, but it's still a good option nonetheless. So if they're out there 60% roster right now, check for them. If they're gone, though, you do get the Chargers facing uh, Indy and the Rams in Week 16 and 17. Two of the literally one and two top matchups for your fantasy defenses. It did seem like against Miami, they only scored the Chargers three fantasy points, but they allowed just 17 total points against a really good offense. Seemed to really be getting it together uh, at this stretch run here. So I really think the Chargers are a phenomenal option. And then in week 16, if you miss out on all these guys, the Jets are still somehow out there in a ton of leagues. 38% rostered right now. Genuinely good. Let me, since week four, these are their fantasy finishes. 12 fantasy points, 9 fantasy points, 20, 7, 8, 10, 10, 8, 2, and 8. Really only one lackluster effort for this Minnesota Vikings defense since week four. So solid floor, good ceiling. Uh, and they also, in week 16, faced Jacksonville, who, yeah, they just steamrolled the Titans. 
Maybe they get hot and just start piling on points these last few weeks. I don't think so, at least not against the Jets. A genuinely good defense. Um, they do have tough matchups after Week 16, but if you're looking specifically at Week 16, I think this defense, you know, Seattle in Week 17 is really not that scary either. Don't love them against Detroit this week, but 16 Jacksonville, 17 Seattle, definitely could see the Jets being a solid next, at least Week 16, really good spot. The last one I'll mention, just for Week 17, if you're really getting antsy, getting ahead, Jacksonville, 5% rostered faces Houston. Now, we mentioned, again, they've been playing better, but they did just put up Jacksonville 12 fantasy points against Tennessee. We've seen a few blow-up games across the year for them. So if you really want to roster a defense for Week 17 in advance, I would go with them. But I just want to reemphasize again for this one week, Broncos, then Vikings, then Packers, then Cardinals, and then Panthers for this one week coming up. And if you're looking ahead, I still think the Broncos make the best option. But the Jets, my second favorite option, Titans against Houston, also very high up. They're just not out there in a lot of leagues. And then the Chargers for week 16 and 17, Indian Rams could really be a great spot. Whew, that's a lot of defensive prep, but I'm telling you, that's where huge edges. Your game might come down to the defense that scores 20 points and pushes you over the edge. That's what fantasy playoff dreams are made of, folks. So that's why we dive in for your five to 10 plus minutes. I hope that's helpful. If it was Wolfpack, please do consider that thumbs up button to keep helping us. we got 30 here. That's the number I like to see. I want to get up to 40 or so by the end of it. But awesome to see that many of you with us. If you're enjoying the show, please do consider hitting that thumbs up button. It is time for all your questions. The call-in is also there, which will give you a preference. As always, our man, David Campanelli, leading off the call-in. How are we doing? Doing well. How about yourself, Wolf? How about yourself? Very well, very well. Eight days till Christmas break from school. Can't wait. So excited to get on that break. Uh, so excited for the fantasy playoffs. I got to buy in my most important leagues, so can rest a little easy, but got to start stockpiling, get ready for the week 16 picture. How about you, brother? Uh, both le- snuck in in one league, yes. third place in the other league. Hell so, yeah. A lot of questions, but I think it's me overanalyzing everything. Let's so, so this is like my weird scoring league where you get points for first downs. Would you rather have Zay Jones or Eli Moore over Pickens or London? Ooh, good question. Because I have because my my train of thought is going Trubisky sucks, so Pickens is going to suck. Yeah, and yeah, and he, they never had a great rapport either. So right. if if we know Pickett's out, I would definitely have either of those guys. Probably Zay Jones. He's been more steady. Uh, but man, Eli Moore, we know the talent. Mike White at quarterback really could elevate him too. So I like both those options. Gun to my head, if I had to pick one tonight, I'd probably pick Zay if I had to prioritize one on the pickups. And then would you drop Pickens or London? I, I'm intrigued to see what London does with Desmond Ritter. Um, if it sucks, if it's garbage next week, then you can just get rid of him. Uh, but for this, as you mentioned, you know, with Trubisky coming in, with Pickens already being pretty boomer bust, I'd say I'd drop him first just to get a little taste of what happens with London. He's coming off for like one of his best games of the year too, the last week out. So who knows what happens with Ritter? At least like we know what Pickens is going to be. He's probably going to be boomer bust the rest of the year. He's probably not going to be in your lineup because of that. So what if London comes in, you know, Ritter just peppers him 15 times and you're just like, all right, I got a hog here the rest of the year. So I, I think London's probably the be- guy I'd rather have on my bench at this point. Okay. Um, and then when it comes to to I mean I have Dalton Schultz so I don't even think I need to even think about like a Jeff Driscoll or a Taysom Hill kind of tight end because Schultz and Dak are great together. They are. Um, but then would you take I have the Eagles playing the Bears this week defense or would you take any of your streamers? I think the Eagles they're, they're a good defense and as good as the Bears offense can be. With Justin Fields, he still turns the ball over plenty. He still makes a lot of boneheaded plays, and they get sacked a ton. The line is awful still there. Right. So I think the Eagles, like, they're going to probably smash the the Bears. And I do think Fields will put up his points late. I, I still like Fields in fantasy. But real life-wise, I think this defense is going to smother them early on. So, yeah, I, I would definitely keep it up with the Eagles. So Okay, so in my, uh, the league I snuck into, I'm playing the first-place team. I have Amon Ra who's been a lock steady. Am I crazy wanting to roll out him and shark this week? Cause shark is on waivers and dropping Gallup or a Demarcus Robinson. 
those are your other two options. That's not crazy at all. Now, the Jets secondary is obviously good. It's not – there's some weeks, like against Minnesota last week, would have been a smash. Would have said absolutely play them both. The Jets is a little risky. I don't know how much ceiling this this offense has um, against the Jets, but it has been a really good offense all year too. I think that game might – it really depends on what Mike White does and how much pressure he puts on them to need points. Um, I Over – who does Gallup get this week? Who do the Cowboys face? I don't the remember Cow- off the top of my head. The Cowboys are facing Jacksonville, but Dak's going to have his new toy, T.Y., as well. I'm not worried about T.Y. No, screw that. Okay. That's not going to change Gallup at all for me. I'd probably lean Gallup over Chark for this week, especially when you're already starting on Ma. But I'd still probably try to get Chark just so, one, you're not facing him, and, two, there are definitely weeks where loading up on that offense makes sense. But against one of the best secondaries in the league, I don't think I'd do that. So you would drop Gallup for Shark or Demarcus Robinson? No, I'd keep Gallup. I'd drop the other one. <laughs> Demarcus? I think starting Gallup this week is, makes probably the most sense. Okay. Over and then Shark, at least. The last question is, do you go Unconquo or do you stick with Fryermuth? I'd stick with Fry. Fry's been damn solid all year, so – I, I ride him. He's been one of the few tight ends I can say is kind of set and forget at this point. So okay. I'd, I'd keep him over Okonkwo. Perfect. Thanks, Wolf. I appreciate it. Remember, like, comment, subscribe. 3,000. Let's go. Hell yeah. We're damn close, as Campanelli just suggested. But 40 away. We have you know even less than 40 at this point. It's a real big goal of ours. So if you're new here in the questions, comments, and you do want to subscribe, it would mean the world as we push to that 3K number, Wolfpack. We are so close. And even if not, that thumbs up button does help us continue to grow. Let's continue diving in here. Michael DeGange, Lamar was dropped. I've seen that a couple times popping up here. Have the buy. Do I blow my fab since I lost Kyler and only have Tua? Other options, Tannehill, Prudy, uh, Mike White. I think if those are your other options, yeah. I mean, there is a chance Lamar gets shut down until the playoffs. So this could be you blow all your fab and it's useless. But if not, I mean, it's Lamar. And I know he's been pretty down these last few weeks. But at minimum, I don't want to have to face that guy in the fantasy playoffs. I know firsthand. I had a season where I faced him three times, and he put up 30 points in all three of them to end my fantasy dreams nonetheless. Uh, So obviously the ceiling is astronomical with Lamar. I still, again, can't guarantee he's going to be in there for you. So blowing all the fab is a big risk. You have Tua, who's probably going to be fine for you here down the stretch. But who else is going to match Lamar's ceiling here down the stretch if he does get back in? None of those other three quarterbacks, at least. So, yeah, I'd go, I'd go after it for sure. Lomi, what's going on, man? Pulled out the W. Love to hear it. Playoff on the line. Oh, so you, you playoffs haven't started yet. Okay, here we go. Any thoughts about Ramondre or Higgins? So, one, I don't know if Ramondre plays. Two, I don't know if Higgins plays. I mean, they said he's day-to-day. I'm real nervous about playing Higgins, though, with the crap that just happened. I don't trust Zach Taylor at all. So unless we get a real clear, like he's been practicing in full, looks great, explosive, no limitations on T Higgins. I'd be skeptical with him and Ramondre. I don't even know if he's going to be out there. So you might not even have a choice. Of course, when Higgins is fully good to go, we know, you know, fire him up, no reservations, but yeah, it's a risk. Better defense stream, Arizona against the Broncos or Washington. I'd rather have Arizona. I think uh, Washington's not a horrible play. Though. I didn't even think about that. Deep league if Ramondre sits, should I consider Burkett? Burkett, uh, no way. Latavius Murray, ew. Pierre Strong out there, Chuba, like maybe Burkhead. He did have a huge game in your fantasy playoffs last year, but we're getting ugly there. I wouldn't really want any of those. Pierre Strong, honestly. Lost Kyler for Giuseppe Russo. Lost Stevenson. Damn, lost first place. What a terrible week. Sputtering into the playoffs here. Damn. Uh, who would I replace Kyler with? Purdy? Uh M. White or Tannehill? I like Mike White, as we talked about earlier. You know, he's been rock solid, had his one bad game against a really good Buffalo defense that welcomed back to Davis White to a full-time role. Good spot against Detroit, good schedule in general. I'm going Mike. And I would go Vikings over Panthers, but as I said in the stream section, I like them both a lot. T.Y. Hilton or Colton? Nah, I don't think any. I'm not interested in any of these new names here. Good question, but nah. Bulldog. Ramondre does hurt here. Who should I go for? D. Harris, McKinnon, Dobbins, or Burt? Ooh, Dobbins is out there. I didn't even think to look like what his ownership is at. I would go Dobbins. You get Cleveland. I mean, he was already walked right into carry lead, snap lead on the team. So it wasn't really easy to mend. And now he gets Cleveland, the second most points to backs. 
Sign me up for Dobbins with Harris being the close second. McKinnon's a great – so it sucks you lose Ramondre, but you got some good options here. I mean, Dobbins, then Harris, then McKinnon, but I like all three of them a lot. Should I cut ties with Cobb if I'm holding dubs? I mean, why are we holding both of them? I don't think either need to be rostered. But yes, absolutely cut ties with Cobb for anybody I talked about. Cut ties with Dobbs for anybody I talked about today too. Uh, and I would have Eli and Chris Moore over both those guys. I would have Eli Moore above Chris Moore slightly, but I really like them both. Um, so, you know, Chris Moore would be my next one. Not really into 2-2 in that offense. All righty. Uh, a little delay on the click here. I see Michael Fawcett is up next. Here we go. Now it's back with us. What up, Wolf? Good to see you, Michael. Not waiver, but I have to bench one this week. Cooper, Lockett, Pittman, Kirk. They might make this easy for you, and, and Cooper might be limited. Um, and honestly, that game I already saw, like, 25 to 30 mile per hour wins projected for Saturday uh, there. So to me, the vibes are all a little negative around Cooper. Can't bench Lockett. Don't want to bench Kirk. And then Pittman gets the best matchup for wide receivers. I, th- I think I bench Cooper here. We'll we'll keep tracking that weather though and keep tracking his health. Cooper Dotson. Oh man. Like if Cooper's going to be on a snap count, if that aggravation was real, David, I'd probably go Dotson. But if he's going to be full go, He's at home again, which is where he's dominated all year. It'd be tough to bench him. But if we get some word that he's like banged up, limited, going to be on snap count, tough to trust, right? Made in the playoffs with E.T. and Barkley, Walker, Wilson. Now I don't know if I can play. <laughs> that is rough. Got night. Should I go get Hubbard, Daniel? I mean, you're going to really play Hubbard over Barkley or, or E.T. in? Knight certainly could get in that lineup. Walker's probably going to be hurt. Wilson might not play this week. But Knight's fine. I don't think you need Hubbard. DPJ or Emore, definitely DPJ for me, TN. But let's keep tracking that weather. Make sure you're tuned in live on Saturday if we get some more, more clarity around the weather there. Drop Hubbard, Gus, or Palmer for strong or to stash the Charger Ds for Yoso Tony. I drop I drop Gus or Hubbard for probably both of them, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, stash that Chargers defense, a great play. Great 16-7, especially if you have the bye here. And then, uh, so if you have the buy, though, like one of Harris and Ramondre will be back in another week. So strong probably won't matter quite as much in a week. But I still don't know that you need to hold on to Gus or Hubbard anyways. I would drop Hubbard first for Chargers D. And then, you know, it's up to you if you want to do Gus for strong. It's fine by me. It's got my approval. I want to keep Palmer just in case something happens with those Chargers receivers. Brady Goff. Or Cousins? Cousins. Ah, uh, no, Goff. Goff, 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 Goff. Ingram or Najoku? Najoku for me. Jose Vega, for sure. Thank you again, Stephen Drakes, for that super chat. So great. Oh, we got another one coming down here. Sorry. I made Campanelli popping off early, not letting me know that we had a super chat here. Thank you, Lucius, so much for your support. I wish I had got to you earlier with that. I guess we only missed you by two minutes. Pat's D is being good, but it's time to drop. Depends what the so it's obviously and it depends question Lucius they have absolutely been good I think they are genuinely one of the better units in the league so I don't think it's a, a must drop by uh, any any but let me pull up the schedule because they're they're always rosters so I don't really study they got the Raiders this week that's not a bad place to use them Bengals tough spot Dolphins tough spot to close out the year they're still a really good defense Dolphins at home and potential snow that's not a horrible game Bengals. Also potential at home in snow. So, I mean, yeah, it's a tough schedule. I think the Raiders is a good spot to use them this week. And then maybe you look for, like, replacements. As we mentioned earlier, some of those guys, uh, defenses out there in terms of, like, the Broncos, great spot in the next two weeks. So I, I'd go for them. Um, can you pick up, you know, drop, like, a, a random bench player, though, and not have to – I mean, they are so good. Like, it's an opportunistic on special teams, too. But, you know, the Jets in Week 16 look good. The Titans and, and the Chargers, both options we already mentioned. So I'd rewind it and listen to my talk on any of those defenses, Lucius, um, and let me know if they really pop. But I'd be really nervous to drop the Pats and then go against them. And certainly against the, the Raiders this week, I'd be a little nervous too. But they, they could be dropped. They really could be. All righty. We left off. So thank you so much for the super chat too. Greatly appreciate it. Um 
Driscoll or Hill are QB. Yep. Uh, so I think Driscoll has, I rewind it if you want the whole spiel, Daniel Highland. I think Driscoll honestly has more upside to truly take over as the number one quarterback. If it remains a split, Hill's the better option. If Driscoll takes over as the full-time guy, because they're just sick of Davis Mills, which there's a better chance he's the full-time quarterback. Um, I think he's probably the guy I prefer very slightly. But Hill, if all things are considered equal and they're both kind of timeshare guys, clearly we've already seen that upside. So it's tough. I, I probably go Driscoll, but it's really close. I like them both really as, as options. Go rewind and you can hear more about what I talked about with them. Wolfpack, do or die, baby. Let's go, Bulldog. Uh, a bit early, but Burrow against the Bucks or Fields against the Eagles? I'm leaning Fields. I, I feel like he's earned, like you, you start and you, you set, you forget. Burrow's right there too. It's my four and five for the week right now, Bulldog, but leaning Fields very slightly. Dak, after losing Lamar, would you grab White? Nah. I'd, I'd keep rolling Dak. Like, I know the upside isn't great, but the floor has been solid. Texans are actually giving up the fewest points to quarterbacks, so I'm not worried about what happened last week. I, I'm a fan of Dak. Good offense. They got the Eagles coming up next week. You're going to need points there. So I, I like I like Dak. I'm fine with it. Trevor Lawrence also available, and I prefer Dak too. I mean, maybe Lomi. I, I like all the other options I talked about more than Juwan Jennings. But, yeah, he's going to get more burn with no Debo Samuel and a good offense, and Purdy looks – you know, sustainable. Um, but I'm not sprinting to get in. Everybody I talked about earlier, I have above Jennings. Here we go. Snug in the playoffs. Love to hear it, Craig. Uh, tough, <laughs> tough to get sacrifice all those guys. But hey, there's some options we talked about tonight to, to replace those guys. Not maybe the level they're at, but yeah, you can replace them. Bill Dolphin, snow game. Do I play Hill? Uh, possibly. Se- That's going to be interesting. We'll find out, Daniel. Well, seven inches of snow is going to be no joke. Still, like, Hill's the type of guy that just lights up the, the snow and just burns a, a complete blaze of the path, like, uses the snow to his advantage. So I would probably – I'd probably in the camp you can't bench Hill. But we'll see how bad that weather's looking on Saturday. Smash the thumbs up, baby. Thank you, Jeff Lee. Great to see you. Tough sitch. Gino facing the Niners on Thursday night. Must win to get in the playoffs. I mean, your other options are real bad, so I just stick it out with Gino, even though I don't love the spot. They're more susceptible to the pass. I think they're going to need to chuck and catch comeback mode. And when your other options are Dalton or Mayfield or Ritter, like Ritter's not horrible. You got some mobility there, but I still go Geno there. Would you drop Pickens or Elijah Moore? Uh, I think I might. I just don't know if Trubisky's a quarterback. Do I trust Pickens the rest of the year? Probably not. Dobbins or Judy for flex. Also, Goff or Watson. I'm going to go Goff. And I'm going to go, I think, Judy after a three-touchdown day. Now, if Sutton's back, we could revisit this, Jeff. But for right now, I'm going to go uh, Judy and Goff. You're welcome, Michael. Uh, Pacheco or Etienne? Etienne's getting questionable here. It's really sketchy here down the stretch. And Dallas, a good defense. Pacheco, one of the better matchups you can have. I feel like the floor is a little bit safer with Pacheco, honestly. I'm worried about what Etienne's doing. The underlying metrics are looking good, like 80% snap share. Almost all the carries. Like, everything looks good usage-wise. He's just not getting it done. I might go Pacheco. I don't love it, though, Michael. Lost from Andre, Dobbins, Dylan, Swift. Do I pick up – do I drop Pickens, Madison, Okonkwu for Harris? Uh, if you don't need Okonkwu, if you're not using him, then, yeah, drop him for Harris. Short dudes. Absolutely. I think you might start the other guys above Harris anyways. No, not Dylan. So, yeah, I, I definitely do that move. Dak Watson or Mike White. I'm going to go Dak there. Smash that like button, folks. Thank you, Carrillo. Absolutely smash it. PPR, Pacheco, Najee, Judy, Burks. I think I'm rolling Najee there. Judy's pretty close too, though, Mark. Wolfpack, thank you so much for being here. Get you caught up for your playoffs. That thumbs up button on your way out. If you haven't hit it, please do. Catching the replay, you're live with us, whatever. Either way, it helps us so much to get that like in. And if you're new here, the sub button is so also greatly appreciated. We climb to 3K here on the season. Playoff time, baby. And if you're local, would love to see you. At Old Planners this Saturday at 11 a.m. We'll be live answering all your questions. We'll be streaming it too. So we'll answer your questions there. But preference will, of course, be to those live with us, drinking some beers, enjoying some Saturday football. Come on. Get on down there. Nicola Lewin, you and Brian should come on down to Old Planners in Beverly. would be great to see you. Tyreek Hill, Ayuk, Watson, and Hollywood Brown. Pick two. I'm going Watson and Tyreek Hill. Must win for the Lewins. Let's go. Great options. But I can't bench Christian Watson and Tyreek Hill at this point. All righty, Wolfpack, best of luck here in week 15. Hope you get all your waiver wire needs taken care of. Hope to see some of you at Old Planners on Saturday. We'll be live Thursday as well for that Thursday night kickoff with my boy, The Truth.
And wolves are family sheep. Be the wolf and check out RoastryJournal.com. We breed and feed you wolves. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Stole the